Thanks for listening to the Faith Church Podcast. We are one church at five locations, streaming online every Sunday morning at live.faithishere.org. We hope that you're challenged and encouraged by today's message. And if you'd like to watch or listen to previous messages, or if you'd like to learn more about who we are as a church and how you can stay connected, head over to faithishere.org. Welcome this morning to Faith Church. I'm so excited to introduce our new series to you this morning entitled Rise Above. It's all about how the church is called by God to rise above the culture, not be swept away into the culture. And we're going to be looking at the churches in Asia Minor that John wrote about in Revelations chapter 2 and 3. John gives us an x-ray look from God's vantage point of what was right in the church and what was wrong in the church and how to fix it. And then he makes this statement, who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. So I believe there's an application for every single one of us today who are a part of the Lord's church. So listen closely, let's learn together over these next seven weeks, and let's see what God wants to do at Faith Church and in your life as well. God bless you. All right, welcome to Faith Somerville, and if you're here watching us online right now, we want to say welcome to you guys as well. I am Andrew. I'm from the Faith Monks Corner Campus, as Pastor Larell said, and for those of you who've never been there before, not sure where it's at, it's actually across the Tilray's Canal off of Highway 52, and we're right between Bono and, uh, and Monks Corner, and so it's, it's been great what God has been doing up at that campus. a privilege to be here today with you guys, and, and I just think we have one of the best lead pastors around, don't we? And so before we go any further, that's, you already beat me to it. Can we just honor Pastor Larry a little bit here this morning? That's fantastic. I don't want to make sure I want to give honor where honor is due here today. All right. Hey, when we accepted Christ for the first time, you remember that, that time when you first said yes to Jesus and what that felt like and, and, and all the excitement that came with that? In fact, you, when you said yes to Christ and gave your life over to him, you probably were so excited you were telling people about Jesus. You're telling everybody you could find. You're telling your neighbor, your friend. You're telling the dog across the street. You're telling everybody about Jesus because you're so passionate and excited. And maybe you plugged into a, a church. You found a great church community to be a part of and and. and just one just like this. And if you're here for the first time today, I gotta tell you, man, if you're looking for a church like, like you found one right here, this is a great church to be a part of, a great church for you to plug into with your family. And, and, and we have campuses all across the low country. So if you don't live in this area primarily, there's a faith campus near you. But it, when we get involved in church and we begin to serve and we begin to find our place and, and as time kind of goes on, I've noticed a trend that sometimes occurs within believers. The longer they're in church, the easier it becomes for us to do church instead of be the church. It becomes easy to do church instead of be the church. It becomes easy for us to focus on the ministry team that we serve on or to focus on the small group that we're a part of or, or really to focus on the group of people that we sit with every Sunday in our spot. You know, like I'm looking out right now and I know that some of you are sitting in your spot. Like this is, this is the section you're in. This is the place you go to and you're laughing because you know it's true, right? Well, we, we went to two services in February at the Monk's Corner campus, and when we did that, we switched our seating around a little bit, and there was one guy who, who went up to me and said, Pastor, I don't know where to sit. And I said, great, that means you'll sit next to somebody new today, you know? That's important. 
And as we're involved and we're kind of focusing on the areas that we're a part of and groups and teams, it just becomes easy for us to focus on that kind of us for no more sort of mentality. And this focus on, on doing instead of being really can actually grow when the more that God blesses and grows the church. It's amazing that we're going to be at nine campuses later this year. Can you believe that? Nine campuses. That's incredible. God is growing, and God is doing incredible things here at Faith. But it can become easy for us to, to sit back and say, hey, you know what? Because I'm working hard, and because I'm devoted, and because I'm committed, and I'm consistent, God is blessing not just my team and my group, but he's blessing the church, and all that is true. God, God blesses hard work, and God blesses devotion, and God likes that. He loves all of that. But here's the danger and the temptation we have to watch out for, that as God continues to grow and bless, we can't get into the mindset that everything depends on us, that we're the reason why God is blessing, and we're the reason why God is growing. It's not about us. We don't serve because of us, and we don't, we don't participate in groups because of us. And when we make it all about us, and we focus on just our group of people, we start to shift inward a little bit. And we kind of forget why we do what we do and we lose focus. Is it possible, and this is a crazy question, but is it possible that we could love what we do for Jesus but not actually love Jesus? Could we love what we do for him and be excited what we do for him and be all in what we do for Jesus but not actually, truly, deeply love Jesus. And if that's true, how, how do we write the ship today? So I want to take you to Revelation chapter 2 this morning. Revelation chapter 2, verse number 1. Revelation chapter 2, verse number 1. Pastor set up for us beautifully here this morning. John, the apostle, youngest apostle of Christ, wrote this letter of Revelation. And Jesus is giving John some important words here in Revelation chapter 2, verse number 1. And he says this. He says, write this letter to the angel of the church in Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and the one who walks among the seven gold lampstands. This is Jesus talking right here. We're talking all about Christ, okay? And Jesus has a word for this church, and he says this. He says, I know all the things you do. I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I, I know you don't tolerate evil people. You've examined the claims of those who say they're apostles but are not. You've discovered they're liars, and you've patiently suffered for me without quitting. Those are all really good things. Like He's got a lot of praise, and, and, and that he's lavishing on the church right now. But then look at verse number four. He says, but, it's going to shift a little bit, but I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you've fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. But this is in your favor. You hate the evil deeds of the Nicolaitans just as I do. Anyone who has an ear to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give fruit from the tree of life in the paradise of God. Father, we love you this morning. We give you power and praise and honor and glory because you deserve it. Thank you for that great time of worship. Thank you for, for beginning to stoke the flames of your spirit already inside of us. But Lord, I pray today as we get into the word and the message, Lord, would you begin to make us a little uncomfortable? God, would you begin to speak to us? Would you begin to just, just have your spirit, Lord, speak to our lives and our hearts? And if necessary, Lord, just do some, do some work in us, man. Change us so that we can have a love for you 
and not a love for what we do for you. For here this morning, we've forgotten that. Father, I pray before we leave today, we would rediscover and rekindle that great love that we have for you and that great love that we should have for others as well. We pray this, Lord, in your name. Amen. Amen. The Ephesian church is a really important church, very successful church, really. It, it was a church that, that had a lot going for it. It, it. it was planted probably by the Apostle John, who wrote Revelation, and, and, and it was the home base for Paul. Paul uses it as the home base for about three years for his missions work. If you're here this morning and, and some of this is brand new to you, you don't know who Paul is, he's one of the greatest church leaders in history, and, and he used uh, this to help write a lot of letters. You wrote a third of our New Testament, really. And, and, and Paul's protege, Timothy, he pastored the church in Ephesus for a time, and today it's located in what is Turkey. So if you, if you go on a map and you look and you find Turkey, you'll find where the church in Ephesus is located at. It's a really important place. In fact, in the ancient world, that was the crossroads of culture and diversity. Everybody coming from the Far East, from Africa, the Middle East, Europe, they're all kind of converging in that area. So Ephesus was a place of importance. They had a great spiritual revival we read about in Acts chapter 19. There's an entire letter that Paul writes to the Ephesians. We know a lot about this church, and this church had a lot of great things going for it. In fact, Jesus commends them for their hard work and their spiritual intellect. He even commends them for their perseverance in the face of suffering for him. Man, that's great. But he holds something against this church. There's something that they're lacking. Something happened between the time they were planted as a church a generation ago and, and at the time of this letter. John's writing this letter. It's about AD 90 or so. It's the end of the first century. He's an elderly man. Something has happened to this church that started off so good and so full of fire and passion and love for God and where they're at right now. They had so much going for it, but they lacked a love for God. And in turn, that lack of love for God produced a lack of love for other people. Kind of strange, isn't it? Can we, can we, can we, we don't always talk about this or think about it, but can we say that, that we lack a love for God if we're doing all kinds of great things for him? Can we say we lack a love for God if we're serving? Can we say we lack a love for God and for people if we're involved in groups? Can, can we say that we have accumulated all this spiritual knowledge and we can quote scripture and we know all kinds of great things about God's word and yet we don't love God? Can we go through life point one, two, three, and four and be a member and still not love God? Jesus talks about this, Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse number 21. He says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. It's hard words to hear. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply that I never knew you. And check this out. He says, get away from me, you who break God's laws. We would look at people like that, and we would say, hey, if you can prophesy, if you exercise the spiritual gifts and you walk in those giftings, if, if, if you're somebody who can cast demons out or speak in tongues, we would look at you and we would say, man, of course you love God. Look at all the great things you're doing. You, that's got to be you. And Jesus is giving us a little bit of information here. He's kind of saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's not about, it's not about what you can do. 
It's, it's not about what you know. You know, the Ephesian church did a lot of great stuff, but they had a heart problem. And so it's not about like what you can do and what you know. It's really all about who you know, isn't it? Do you know Jesus this morning? Could you be somebody who is so involved and active in faith for so long and doing so many great things and have a reputation as a spiritual giant, but not actually know Jesus? Could that be you today? Another passage in Matthew, Jesus breaks down what it takes to enter the kingdom of God, and he begins to speak to a religious leader in Matthew 22. It's kind of a smart-alecky guy who wants to trap Jesus, and he kind of poses this question about what he has to do to inherit the kingdom of God. What's the most important command to follow? And Jesus says in Matthew 22, verse 37, he says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, but a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Remember, the Ephesians lacked a love for God and for each other. Jesus says everything hangs on these two things. Love God, love people. That's it. Love God, love people. Everything hinges right on that. If you truly want to know God, if you want to grow in him, if you want to discover your purpose in the Father, if you want to make a difference for his kingdom, you have to love God and you have to love people. And when you love God, you have to make sure that you protect that love for God. You have to protect the love for God because the Ephesians started out loving God. If you read Acts 19, they started out loving God. That wasn't an issue at first for them. It was as time went on. You have to protect the love for God. You know, he, he's, he's telling them in verse, uh, Jesus is telling the Ephesians in chapter 2, verse 5, to turn back and, and do those works they did at first. And what he's saying is, he's saying the works you're supposed to do at first is just to rediscover and rekindle that love you had for me. Rediscover and rekindle the love you had for me at first. Remember what it was like in the beginning stages of a relationship with somebody? If you're married here this morning, you can probably relate to this pretty well. Like when you, you first meet your wife and, man, you're, 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 you're holding each other, you're holding the hands, you're sitting close to each other. You know, some of y'all are like, man, we did that 20 years ago. We sit in my couch in his chair now. But like we used to do all those things. And maybe you were always texting and you were always Instagram, Snapchat. If that's, if that's that kind of after your time, it was always calling, right? You're always on the phone calling somebody. You're always talking. Back when we actually had minutes on our cell phones, you ran the limit on your minutes. Like you were excited for that kind of thing. And then the relationship changed, right? As time went on and, and, and you began to grow serious and marriage came and, and then kids came, man, kids change everything, don't they? Like, you know, all kinds of changes began to happen. That's just normal. Nothing wrong with that. It just means you have to be intentional. Now, most people think it means you have to be intentional about stoking the flames of passion. But I want to challenge that this morning. I don't think you need to be intentional about stoking the flames of passion. You know why? Passion's temporary. Passion is for the moment. Passion is carpe diem. Seize the day, seize the moment. It's here today, gone tomorrow. Passion doesn't last. So many people build their relationships on passion. My love for my wife is not built that way. 
I love Shana. I love her with all of my heart. My love for Shana is lasting. It goes beyond passion. I love her on the days where I may not want to love her. You know, when you get married, you know what that's like. And I love her on the days when it's easy to love her. I love my wife because our love is firmly rooted. And I'm going to tell you this. I protect that love for my wife from anything and everything that tries to take its place. Is it possible this morning that some of us in the house, we have allowed something else to take the place of our love for Christ? Is it possible? So many people in marriages will say, we've lost our passion. They'll come in for counseling. We've lost, and I will tell them, you haven't lost passion. One of you has had a love that's been, it's been replaced your love for your spouse isn't there anymore because you've replaced it with a love for your work. You've been replacing it with a love for money. You've replaced it with a love for maybe another person. Is it possible we've done that as we begin to do things for God's kingdom, that we have had a love for God that has been replaced? First Timothy tells us that the love of money is the root of all evil, not money. We all like money. Money is important. Some of y'all are like, I could use a little bit more money. I'll take that. Money's great, but it's the love of money that's the root of all kinds of evil. Why? Because my love for God has been replaced with a love for something else. 1 John 2.15 says that if you love the world, you know, don't love the world and the things in the world, because if you do, the love of the Father is not in you. Why? Because my love for God has been replaced with a love for something else, right? You have to protect that love. There's going to be a lot of people who stand before God one day did a lot of great things for him. Man, they were, they, were, they were what we would consider to be spiritual giants. Did all the things that, externally speaking, all the things you're supposed to do. But they had hearts that were cold for God. They had hearts that didn't love the Father. They had hearts that didn't love Jesus. They loved what they did for him, but they didn't actually love him. And those are the folks who will find out what Matthew 7 is all about. Man, I'm just telling you this morning, if that's you and, you and the Holy Spirit's knocking on your heart's door and he's just saying, hey, listen, you're doing a great job for me, but I haven't felt love in a while. I think you've lost that love and feeling, buddy. And if that's you this morning, man, it's time to rediscover that love again. Not just rediscover that love, but protect that love. Amen. Protect it from anything and everything which might take its place. Second key this morning we want to go over to get that loving feeling back. Make sure you love people by building people. Love people by building people. The Ephesians were hard workers. They knew a lot about God. They were great at doing church, but, but I don't know if Jesus called us to do church. I think he called us to be the church, right? He called us to be the church. He didn't call us to build an organization. He called us to build people. We're to build people this morning. We're not to build an organization. Spiritual knowledge is great, but if we're, if we're not using that spiritual knowledge to build people, what good is it? I mean, I'm glad that you can memorize scripture, and I'm glad you know all the lessons, but if you're not building somebody, all you've got is really nothing. Finding your place and serving is wonderful, and I'm glad you serve, and I commend all of you who serve. We could not do what we do for God's kingdom without you serving. We appreciate that, and we're glad you're on a team, but I'm going to tell you this morning, if you serve, but you're not building people, are you making a difference? Because I don't know if you are. We're not in this for just us. We're in this to build people and help people discover their purpose in Christ and help people walk in that life that God has called them to. 
Matthew chapter 24, Jesus will give us some warnings to watch out for as the, as the world nears his return, and specifically, he's talking about false teaching. And we in the church tend to do a really good job of focusing on false teaching. There's a lot of you out there right now. You're parsing every word I'm saying, making sure that I'm doing it right by the book. And we do a good job about that. We're all about false teaching. We don't always do a good job of the second part, because it wasn't just false teaching you said to watch out for. He said, hey, the love of many people is going to grow cold. What good does it do if we guard against false teaching but have love that grows cold? Doesn't do us any good. You have to guard against both of those things. You have to guard against both as we near the end, as, as we want to build the kingdom of God together. The Ephesians were good at doing church, but they struggled to be the church. And in order to be the church, you have to love people. And you have to come to an understanding that we don't exist for ourselves. It's not about us. Never been about us. It's always going to be about Christ, always going to be about him. We have to come to an understanding that as we greet people who walk through the doors on Sunday morning, we're not greeting people just because we want to say hey to all of our buddies who walk in and we just want to be polite to everybody that we've known for. No, nah, man, you're greeting because there's somebody who hasn't been to church in 10 years and they've given up and they're walking through the door. There's somebody who never accepted Christ, but they're walking through the door today because somebody invited them or they felt this tug from the spirit and they're here and you're greeting because God knows you're the person with joy joy, with love, with mercy and grace, and you're going to project that when you smile and open the door, and how are you doing? And they're going to feel the heart of the Father from you as the greeter, and it sets the tone for what they're going to encounter in here. It starts with you. We don't need you to serve in faith kids to do a job. God has tell you that? The person who builds people and loves people serves in faith kids because they know that as they're taking care of those children, mom and dad are in here, they're encountering Christ, and they're receiving transformation that will change the trajectory of their families. And while they're in with faith kids, they're also raising up the next generation. They're building people because they're teaching them about Christ. We need people not to do a job. We need people who will love and build others. Are you tracking with me this morning? The Ephesians just simply forgot that. We can't forget that. We can't forget why we exist. We got one mission, guys. That's it. You know that? There's a lot of things that want the church's attention and, and church's you know, position and responsibility, but there's only one mission that God gave us. One. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. You know what he calls us to do? Go make disciples. You know what going make disciples is? building people. That's what we're supposed to do. That's the job of the church. If we're going to build people, we have to love them as God loves them. And you can't truly love them as God does if you don't love God. You know, the thing is about loving God, loving people, that it's really inseparable. They go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other this morning. You can love God all day long, but if you don't love people, there's a problem. Like, you have to have both. They're, 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 you can't take them apart. And when you love God and you love people, you will also break for people. I was, I was out a few months ago, and I was, I was working in the yard. It was late at night, and uh, well, later in the day. I guess it wasn't late at night. It'd be kind of odd seeing someone trim their hedges at 11 o'clock, right? I was out working later in the day, and so my, I had a friend call across the street, want to talk to me for a little bit. I said, okay, sure, no problem. I, 
I, I, was, I, I dropped what I was doing. I walked across the street. And I kind of knew the conversation was going to go long. And, and I, part of me didn't want to do it because I got a two-year-old at home. I loved my son. It was my turn to put him down that night and to read him the bedtime story and pray and all that kind of stuff. And I was looking forward to that. But I, this was an important conversation. Every conversation with him is important. He doesn't know Jesus. I said, okay, I'm going to go. So we, we, we go across the street, and I'm, we're talking, and, and, he, and this kind of small talk, and then he, then he, then he asked me, it's kind of a big ask, hey, I heard this story today at work, and, and this, this, this guy was telling me about this, this person who, who had bags of seed, and, and there were holes in the bags, and he's walking along the road, you know, and all the seeds falling out, and, uh, and he said that I was the guy, like the seed that fell on the hard ground. Can you, what, what is that? Like, I know you're a pastor. Can you just tell me what that is? I said, sure. Can I just say something real quick? We cannot assume that everybody knows all the stories. The days of people knowing the stories and having a basic knowledge of God are completely gone, guys. You, you, you can't ever assume it. And, and, and if you don't know people that are like that, I want to challenge you to get new friends. Get new friends who don't know Christ. You'll discover really quickly. They don't know the stories. So I, I didn't correct him. Some of y'all, you hear that and you're kind of like, wait a minute, we got to correct the story. We got to talk about the farmer who just frolicked along and scattered seed everywhere. You know, because we got to talk about that because that's what Jesus said. And we, no, that's actually not important. What's important is the seed and where it fell and what it means. And so I start talking to him and I'm like, all right, I'll tell you the meaning. I begin to go through all the different meanings of the seed and what it meant. And I got to the seed that fell on the hard ground. And I said, hey, you saw what I was doing earlier. You know, I'm kind of OCD. I hate weeds and grass growing in my driveway. There's a crevice that is coming up through. I'm going to kill it. Like, we're getting rid of it. As he saw what I was doing, the seed that fell on the hard ground, that's the people who hear God. They hear the word of the Lord, right? And they, they have potential and they grow. But because they're not where they're supposed to be, the growth stops. It never lives up to its potential. It never becomes what God designed it to be. And can I just tell you, like, I love you, man, but can I just tell you, you're not where you're supposed to be. You got potential and you got growth. There's all kinds of things God wants to do through you, but you gotta straighten some things out first in order to live out that potential. And his face lit up, and he started to tear up. He said, I knew you could tell me what it meant. And I walked back across the street. I wish I could say he gave his life to Christ that day. He didn't. As I walked across the street, man, I struggled to fight that tears the whole time. As I felt the Holy Spirit just convict me, just say, this is why we do what we do. It's this for him. We get caught up in all the little things, but that's not why we do what we do. We love God. And we love people by building people. That's our mission. Some of you have been working great for the Lord. You've been hard workers for many years. You've served on different ministry teams, but maybe this morning the Holy Spirit's convicting you a little bit. Maybe you've lost that first love. Maybe you've lost that loving feeling. Others of you, you, you love God. You got that part down 
very well. You're all about loving God. And I, that's great. You don't love people. They go hand in hand, you know. I've heard so many Christians say, well, I, I can't stand to be around people. I moved out here to get away from people. I don't love people. I, hey, God loves people. And if you don't love people, we got to have a heart check. Because that love for God and that love for people go hand in hand. It's time for you to rediscover that love. Rediscover the love that got you so excited about Christ in the first place, that made him the priority in your life, that love that consumed you, that was your everything. It's time to rediscover that so you can be effective in what you do. I'm convinced of this. If we can love God and love people, we're going to make an eternal difference. If we can love God and love people, man, we are going to make a difference that lasts forever. The Ephesian church has so much going for it. They were the model church. There's a reason why Jesus talks with them first. You know why? They were the most prestigious church in the New Testament. They had everything going for them. They were respected. They were the leaders. There's a reason why they were first. And he looks at them and says, hey, you've had a lot going for you and things have been great, but you've forgotten the basics. You've forgotten the love. You've forgotten the love you're supposed to have for me. First Corinthians 13, Paul says this. I, I, I could not escape this all week long. Paul says, I can prophesy, I can speak in tongues, I can do all the spiritual gifts right, but if I don't have love, I've gained nothing. I, I can serve, I can, I can preach, I can teach, I can worship, I can produce, I can do everything I'm supposed to do, but if I don't have love, I've gained nothing. If we are, if we are gonna see this kingdom move, we got to love. If we're going to reach people at Lieber Correctional Facility, guess what? You got to love God and you got to love some really difficult people. If we're going to reach people at Faith Ridgeville and Faith Walterboro, we have to love God and love people. If we're going to reach people at every community with a faith campus, you have to love God and love people. Without it, we don't reach anybody. And so maybe you've lost that loving feeling this morning. And if you have, I want to invite you to rediscover it again. Stay with me if you would real quick. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up front. If you're here this morning and you have a, you have a need in your life, man, maybe you're here this morning and you'd say, hey, pastor, I, I'm, I'm that guy. I've struggled. I've got a love for God that I've not protected very well. And maybe, maybe I haven't loved people well at all. I've, I've kind of missed it in that area and I need to love. Whatever it is this morning, I want you to get prayer today. Don't leave today without having God touch you. Don't leave today without coming back to that first love and having God rekindle that in your life this morning. So if that's you, I just want to say a quick prayer and invite you to come and receive that prayer and support and that love from the Father that you need today. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We believe, God, you've got great things in store for us. Father, I pray for all those who are fixing to come and get prayer this morning. I pray that you begin to rekindle the fire in their life, rekindle the love again. Help them, God, to protect that love for you. Lord, help them to have a great love for other people, Lord, that, that, that extends beyond, uh, Father, anything that we could ever hope for or imagine for. Help us to have this deep love, God for people no matter who they are and where they're from, and to build your kingdom in the process. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Faith Church Podcast. We are one church at five locations, streaming online every Sunday morning at live.faithishere.org. 
We hope that you're challenged and encouraged by today's message. And if you'd like to watch or listen to previous messages, or if you'd like to learn more about who we are as a church and how you can stay connected, head over to faithishere.org. 